0: There is an interesting thing going on that has to do with healing, the process of healing, healing the mind, healing the heart, healing the body, healing a human being. Where I come from, health was a sign of A person who does not live in sin, a person who lives according to God's plan. Whoever that God is, however you figure out what that plan is, and however you figure out how to align to that plan, that was not clear. But it was a clear sign that sickness meant that you were not on the right path, and this was God telling you, you failed. You are in sin. You are wrong. Something about you is off. <laughs> so, even though this was not said directly, oftentimes it would be, um, it would be somehow in between the lines. So, if you wonder, my background is Christian and Catholic. So the notion of sin and the notion of this is God's punishment, it kind of runs deep in, the, in this kind of consciousness. Now, when we don't know how we created this disease in ourselves, then we see this as something happening to us, right? And it's only logical to say, well, it happens to us by the will of some higher power, and that might be God. So it's only logical to find that conclusion if you believe in a God who is almighty and you yourself are not almighty and you don't know everything and you belong to God as a child or as a sheep (laughs) in the flock. So all you have to do is follow the word of God and your fine so the healing would be to find God again or something along these lines so I did not know that this runs so deep in society and this is something you find even in the most scientific communities where to this day science says that well it's in your genome well it's in your surroundings in your environment but it's not in your power to change your own uh, healing state or your health it's not in your power to do anything about it you have to call on the higher powers and the higher powers could be god but well in science the higher powers are science right so it's the new religion the new higher power is science and it tells you Science tells you, you do this, you do that, you get rid of caffeine, you get rid of sugar, you get rid of gluten, and then and then you're fine. Because the sin was to eat bread with gluten in the first place. So you know you have sinned and you can now do better. <laughs> and uh, the whole process, from a certain point of view, I'm not saying that this is what is actually happening. But from a certain point of view, it looks like we're trying to be as good as we can by finding the perfect diet, by finding the perfect health workout, and by finding the perfect sleep pattern, and following all those rules that science gives us. Now, to my mind, that looks pretty much the same as the rules and regulations that a church found. If you live by this standard, you will be fine. If you're still diseased, you're not really doing it. I have met doctors tell me the same thing. Now, if you follow the rules, you'll be healed. If you don't follow what I tell you, it's clear that you are living in sin against science because you don't believe it enough. You don't believe science enough and you don't believe my word as a doctor. And hence... I cannot heal you because you're not playing by the rules that I give you. Now, this doesn't have to be every doctor on the planet. And it certainly isn't what all science is doing. I'm a scientist myself, so so no. <laughs> yet there is an undercurrent or a very, very strong, yet never openly spoken about belief in science. We have to believe in science. Well, as a scientist, I can tell you that science, a true true scientist, or um, I don't know, the, the idea of science is to describe something that we witness. So what is science? Science is a report on a historical process. We are historians. All scientists are historians. We are looking at something that already happened. And we're trying to predict the future from what we witnessed in the past. So all we do is prolong the past into the future, trying to change the past by prolonging it into the future. So if I tell you that this is a linear thinking process and this is Newtonian physics, because we believe that we cannot change anything everything has to go on in the future as it was in the past and there's no possibility to change it well this is linear thinking and as we know that as we know from physics for example that linear Newtonian <laughs> which is not necessarily only linear but in the in the thinking process if this then that in the in this thinking process of this, if this happens, then that follows, that's Newtonian, that's linear thinking. But the linear also exists in the great paradigm of the quantum field. There still is space for linearity in there. It's just not all there is. There is more in quantum mechanics that can be happening, right? If we say that particles will be reflected by a wall in the Newtonian paradigm. This still happens in the quantum paradigm. Sometimes they are reflected back from the wall. Sometimes they aren't. So both holds true at the same time. But you don't know which result you get. And we still haven't understood in quantum mechanics how to change the outcome. We don't understand Well, we say it's a probability. It could happen this way, it could happen the other way. All we do in science is linear thinking and linear (laughs) deduction. Because we don't have a quantum science to look at quantum mechanics. We have linear science, the mind. The mind is a pattern matching process. We use our mind, we use linear science to look at quantum mechanics and at linear mechanics. So All we see is that we understand linear Newtonian mechanics with our linear mind. But with a linear mind, we cannot really understand quantum mechanics. We can describe something that we see or something that we saw in the past happening. We don't see actually in the now with our quantum, with our own quantum understanding, because we are quantum. We are still looking to the mind to give us answers. We're still looking to science only instead of looking at science and what? Well, we only know the Newtonian mind so far, and science is a representation of what the Newtonian mind is doing. It's not wrong. It's absolutely perfect. It's, the, it's a honest description of what a linear mind can see with a linear process in quantum mechanics. And that's a lot, but that's not the full picture. Because we are not using the quantum part of who we are. We are only, use, only using the Newtonian part of who we are. That's nice, but that's only a teeny tiny bit of who we are. So once we look with a quantum mind, whatever that is, <laughs> we may find there are so many different possibilities. And we don't have to stick to the linear regime. We can, but we can also broaden the view. So what if that's true? What if healing, in in the scientific sense, has to be linear? Because the mind created science, but the, the field of healing also knows all kinds of different healing. Quantum healing, they call it. Energy healing, they call it. Reiki, they call it. Um, even healing at a distance by calling somebody on the phone and talking to them or having telepathic communication whatever that is because to the linear mind that doesn't make sense so to the linear mind none of this spontaneous healing that even occurs in the hospitals with the doctors who are scientists even their spontaneous healings occur but they are not explained. There is something like... Well, we have a name for it. as a spontaneous healing. We don't know what we did. We don't know what happened. We just have a name for it. So, but, well, you go home, you are healed. We don't know what we did. And we don't know what you did. But we don't care. Because in our mindset, it doesn't make any sense that you are healed. You should be. <laughs> spontaneous healing means you should be sick. But hey, you're not. So, go home. <laughs> yeah, so... And the funny thing is there are doctors around whom spontaneous healings seem to occur more often than around other doctors. And there seem to be non-doctors, completely unscientific people, around whom spontaneous healings seem to happen more often. For example, there seem to be um, a guy called, uh, I don't know, what, uh, yeah, 2,000 years ago, Jesus, he's said to have had A field around him in which people could just sit and be healed. I mean, it's a nice story, right? (laughs) They tell it in the church all the time. You don't have to believe it, right? Mm, I mean, it's just, they made it up proper. Probably they made it up. The linear mind will not accept something that it cannot perceive of. And why should it? Why should science perceive of spontaneous healings? Why should science allow for something that it cannot contain Oh. So, well, <laughs> if you want to have spontaneous healings, if you want to go beyond the linear, you have to find a person who opens up their own field to the possibility, who, who is not closed down in their linear mind and has decided that he won't or she won't use their quantum mind. If, on the other hand, you find a person who is working through their quantum mind, whatever that might mean, let's say a person who is, in other words, enlightened, whatever that means, let's say, because for the quantum, for the linear mind, there is still no no way to grasp it, right? We have to want to explore the realm of quantum mind to figure out for ourselves what that is and how that is. And how it really doesn't make sense to the linear mind, but how to the quantum mind, the linear mind, makes absolute sense. Because it's logical, because it's linear, because from above you can look down. Well, it's not the looking down, but it's like a two-dimensional happening in your mind. And the three-dimensional, four-dimensional, five-dimensional being that you are can look at that sheet of paper and look at it like, yeah, you can simply leave that prison because you can just leave the plane of the sheet of paper you don't have to stay in there but you believe the linear mind believes that there is only left and right forward and backward and you cannot go up or down well that was a story from flatland and it's a it's a nice book it's a nice read (laughs) flatland i don't recall the name of the author I think he was a church person. (laughs) That's so funny. So I suggest that in the linear paradigm, you can reach many, many places. And if you stay in it and you concentrate all your energy in it, you can expand even the linear regime. If you're not that interested in becoming a superstar on the scientific uh, stage... You could also explore your own quantum mind. And I'm not telling you what that is. It's just something you explore. It's some thoughts, some perceptions, things that happen in life that cannot be explained by the mind. If you dare to look into that, to the linear mind it looks crazy. And to the quantum mind it makes absolute sense. It also makes absolute sense that the linear mind will call it crazy. So everybody who calls you crazy for for going beyond the linear process, it's okay they call you crazy. You don't have to be angry with them. You don't have to make them see something that they obviously don't want to see. Because they're scared. So if you decide that you're not scared anymore to look beyond your current paradigm but you're willing to add perspective to your current linear perspective, for example, in healing, in healing your own body, in healing your own mind and emotions, what if... (laughs) So I stumbled upon, I stumbled across this argument. There are people who believe that you can change out of your own power, your state of health. You don't have to stay in a state of disease unless this is something that you decide is best for you. And there are reasons to stay in a diseased state. Nobody judges you. Nobody judges anybody, (laughs) truly because it's your decision. So from that vantage point of it's your decision to stay diseased, or to become healed or to heal yourself from that point of view I will not take away your decision because I can't and I see that also you cannot take away my decision if I want to stay in the disease or if I want to go for ease and I am experiencing that I can decide whether I want to stay in disease or whether I want to be at ease. So I'm experiencing more and more and more in my own life that there is that thing they call free will with which I can choose into one experience or another. And it seems crazy. To my linear mind. At the same time it's happening. And now there is something they say does not really work out. It gets people angry. It gets the linear mind really, really angry. To hear something like you can choose your own disease or ease. Because the linear mind does not choose that. The quantum mind also doesn't choose that. But to the quantum mind, it's a possibility to choose either or. There seems to be something within us that can make decisions. But it can only make a decision between two things if it sees both things. So if it sees... Dis-ease on the one hand and ease on the other hand. If, if it sees both options, it can opt for one. If it doesn't see both options, there's no choice to be made. The only choice is how do I want to be dis-eased, how do I want to be at ease, but not do I want to be dis or eased. So, I found myself in the argument with a person um, whom I tried to explain that I have been choosing health, not knowing how to, simply by intending to choose health and letting that intention be my center point for any decision. My intention for health, although I don't know how to, right? The mind doesn't know because the mind is linear. The intention is stronger than the mind somehow and it leads me towards health. And whenever I find something that makes me more healthy, then my mind finds an explanation at random, (laughs) it seems. It always looks back at what happened and then, ah, it's logical, it had to be that way. And that was what's actually making me more healthy, so I understand. Yeah, that's nice, but the mind didn't make it, because the mind couldn't see that option. The quantum mind could see that option. The mind didn't. So, it needs a certain amount of craziness or people say belief beyond understanding, it needs a certain amount of carelessness about the linear mind that would cry and scream and try to throw a tantrum because it doesn't understand what we're doing there. one particular instance there's one particular thing that can be discussed and that is for example listening to some spiritual teachers they tell us that we can decide to let go of our old decisions in childhood things happened and we in our little minds decided that was bad and that was not supposed to ever happen again and Ever since, we have made up our minds that we were we were the victim and they did us wrong. And then we made a decision of how we wanted to go about life, knowing that we were the victim and they were the perpetrator. And so we made up our mind about how we can be safe in the world and how we can show them what they did to us, make them understand how bad they were. For example, so in our little minds, we made that decision. There are spiritual teachers who tell us that we were actually making that decision within ourselves, independent of what any other person said. We were able to make that decision within ourselves. And from that moment on, we believed in that reality. And we have been on a crusade ever since to prove to ourselves and to prove to the world that they were wrong and that we were right. And this is a very subconscious process. Now, the argument goes as follows. The spiritual teacher says, it was your decision, so it's in your power to change that decision. To change your own view on yourself on the people who did that, and on the world at large. You have the power to change your mind. The scientist says, it's not possible that as a child it was in my power to do anything about it and to change my outer world because I was a helpless child. So how dare you, spiritual teacher, tell me that I was in the wrong to make that decision as a little child. Now here is the problem. (laughs) The scientific paradigm doesn't allow for a spirit. A spirit and the concept of consciousness. If we have a child that has a certain amount of consciousness and also a certain amount of unconsciousness within, then this process of decision making, then if the spirit makes the decision to keep us safe as a child, this process does not necessarily belong to the conscious mind. It belongs to the subconscious mind. So Telling a person it was your decision is not pointing out that they did something wrong and that they are stupid. It's pointing out to them that, hey, you are not currently conscious of how you were able to save your ass then by making a decision about yourself, about them and about the world. So you were quite powerful then to make up your mind and make a decision of how to become and what to believe as to survive the situation. You just made up your mind so well, and you never question it again, that from then on, your world was, and still is, decided by that one decision. It's so powerful, your decision, that it changed your world, and it may lead to health issues later on. So when you find yourself in a health crisis, You may go back to that decision when you decided in your mind what world you were living in and you may unearth all the process, not necessarily what happened. That's not necessary. The only thing that you have to look at, if you want to change it, is your own decision. You don't have to look at what they did and at the memories. You don't have to look at any part of that. The only thing that you need to really see is your own power in making that decision. For example, You may be holding on a grudge, holding on to a grudge, holding on to that I want to make them understand what they did to me, even if they are dead by now, for example. Well, as a matter of fact, I found that this is true. I found that in the subconscious mind there is a part that is so powerful within us that it can make this decision. And I'm going to make you see what you did to me. And I'm going to hold on to this belief and become that. So as to show you what you did to me. It's a memorial of that one instance of the thing that they did. Or maybe it occurred more than one time. But it's still a memory. It's still a holding on to what went wrong. So if we build our world, our own perception of who we are, of who they are, of what the world is, on something that is wrong in our own perception, then the center and the core of our universe is something wrong. And that causes unease, doesn't it? It causes dis-ease. And in, in that sense, if you're willing to dig down into your own decision-making process and find that point of power. The point of power was the decision, or the the point of power within us made the decision then, not on the conscious level, but on the subconscious level. So our power was happening on the subconscious level and maybe it still is. (sighs) It made the decision This is the kind of place that I am presented with. I don't like it. It's bad. And I will show you how bad it is. And all that is happening is that I am showing myself that it is bad. But it takes a huge amount of willingness to see your own power and then to let go of that power with which you created your own perception of the world to let go of the perception there's only one victim on this planet and they did me wrong and nobody understands how bad it felt for me so there is a certain amount of willingness that we need to let go of that power not in order to lose the power but in order to free our power from the snap decision snap snap decision meaning that was a traumatic event and we had to make a snap decision it was not wrong to make a snap decision but to let go of the snap decision we made Which was right to make then, but to let go of it now, because now we are living in a different paradigm, in a different time, in a new now. So to let go of the snap decision takes presence. And you really need to want to let go of the power that seemingly kept you alive. It kept you alive then, that's true, in your perception, maybe in reality, outside of yourself too. So you decided things to keep yourself alive on the physical plane. And that's absolutely the right decision. And you have the power to make up your mind again according to the current situation. Because your power has to also be in the now, to make now your most powerful decision. To be free, to be really truly free, inside of yourself, and to be aligned with yourself, and I don't know, maybe with God, (laughs) maybe with the universe's plan, I don't know, but to align with the feeling of power, within yourself, you have to first let go of, you know, it's like if you want to have, if you want to receive that feeling of power, you have to open your hand and you have to let go of the weapons and the and all the thoughts and beliefs that you have been holding on to ever since for dear life. So you have to face your fear of, but if I don't make them see what they did to me, I will, I may be wrong. Maybe they were right. I will lose my face, I will lose ah uh, my dignity. I will lose my rights i will I will die. I will be ostracized, I will be sent away. I will be I will never be loved. All those ideas pop up in the mind because of no, we have been holding on to this one forever because because. We still don't know why, but (laughs) it was helpful in the moment then. So what is helpful in this moment now to hold on to? And maybe, just maybe, this whole aligning your own will with God's will, if that ever existed, I don't know. Maybe this alignment is the letting go of stuff that is already past, in the past, yeah? This too shall pass. (laughs) It has passed. The situation has passed. It's no longer. So maybe aligning simply means to let go of the past. I know this sounds like everybody says this, right? Let go of the past. I don't know how I'm holding on to the past. Well, you're holding on to the past with your power to change your reality. So if you want to change your reality now, you have to stop trying to change the reality then. Does that make any sense? <laughs> I feel like whenever I try to talk about something that is beyond the linear mind, I fail. And so you listen to anybody who is like a m- mystic. <laughs> and there is this certain amount of, eh? a <laughs> certain amount of, I don't know what they are talking about. <laughs> so my linear mind is now telling me, I don't know what this all means. And I feel it. There is this feeling of (laughs) huh. So um, yeah, maybe I'm projecting that onto you. But also maybe you have the linear mind. And and you know exactly what I mean. (laughs) So yeah. So from my linear mind to your linear mind. This is really woo woo. And this is really crazy talk, isn't it? But hey, if the crazy talk actually produces results that we then can see, like proof, maybe we can let this quantum thingy run for a while and then, you know, just trust the process for a moment and then afterwards look at the result and see if that made sense. <laughs> the linear mind really needs to... uh. Breathe. (laughs) Yeah. And if you have a strong mind, if you're strong-minded, that's quite a task. We live in the scientific age, don't we? So the linear mind has a lot of power. So it takes a lot of Breathing and stepping back from the self and stepping back from the mind just for a moment to allow in another reality and then see whether that is actually something real. Well, 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 that's enough for story time today. I meet you here next time and I hope you are well and at ease.